Peace. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome, family, to Tea Time Podcast by Atia J. This is your self help, spiritual podcast, uplifting topics we all love to avoid, but we definitely need to conquer. Tea Time is your moment to pause, listen, and absorb what is soothing to you. I'm Atia J, aka Tia, a certified holistic life coach, and this idea was sparked by my passion to help others discover their latent potential, purpose, and significance, especially if you are one who feels overlooked, alone, or forgotten. You are not alone. You are not forgotten. I see you, and I feel you. Welcome to Tea Time Podcast. Enjoy the tea. Assalamu alaikum. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Tea Time Podcast. It's your girl, Tia. You already know. Coming back with another podcast episode. And my lovely guest today is my sister, Brianna. Brianna X, the Brave producer. Not whatever you want to call it. She'll tell you about herself. Go ahead, Bri. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, y'all. I am Brianna X, a.k.a. the Brave producer, just like Tia said. I am a member of the Nation of Islam and also a natural hair braider. I specialize in knotless braids. So if you need some knotless braids and you are in the Dallas, Texas area, um, go to my IG profile at the braid producer and schedule you an appointment, girl. Schedule you an appointment. Um, but that's me, y'all. Absolutely. Um, Dallas area, service, skill everything conversation you're gonna have a therapy session in her seat so definitely hit Bria because she be going deep (laughs) um I did since we're talking about relationships I wanted to ask you this question what is the key to getting to know and understand Brianna X Mm. what is the key to get to know and understand Brianna X you know, I, and oh, this just came to me. Thank you, God. There is no understanding me. You gotta mm. let me. You gotta let me be. You gotta let me be. Like literally, you have to let me be because there is like you can't even put me in no box. Thanks. You can't even put me in no box. And then look, what I found through my relationships, if you try to put me in a box, I always switch it up. I always change. I always change. So I think that you got to understand me in the way in which we form a relationship, to be mm. honest. Mm. That's how you got to understand me. And if we evolve together, then you get to see me at different points. You know, all of that. But outside of that you really only know me however you might know me Mm. unless we evolve together Mm. Tia you can even take our relationship for example you were I was about to say Uh uh-huh wow that's such a good example you were my teacher and for a while we known each other as a teacher student that's just it yeah but I literally wrote that down (laughs) oh wow come on come on God listen Uh uh-huh on my intuition I ain't gonna lie so I'm just speaking but (laughs) but nevertheless we evolved together in certain ways through our relationship so Mm -hmm. you've you've been able to see me in different lights in different er er like you know 
Yeah. Whereas for people that I might meet on certain occasions or times, places, whatever the case, they only mm. gonna know me in that environment, space, and time. Mm-hmm. That's it. I love that. <laughs> of course, son. I was thinking that I wanted to go into how we started our relationship um, because, like you said, student-teacher relationship, and that developed into who we are now, sisters, sisterhood, um, to where we were just talking about how we're experiencing the same things kind of all the time. Um, and to see, like you said, you just got to be present with Brie. <laughs> like Brie is, and that was an Aquarius answer too. I'm gonna call you out. <laughs> Aquarius answer. I'm not gonna curse. <laughs> but um, it's it's real because seeing you from like a young lady growing into a woman, like a wife, a Muslim woman, growing into yourself as a black woman, like it's it's um rewarding to kind of accept who you are at every step step mm-hmm. and then likewise you accept me at every step too right. because we had a very um you know kind of strategic relationship student teacher that's what we are but through just connecting with each other in conversation allowing each other to be who we are that's developed to where we're closer than you know anybody would ever think from the outside that we could be yes that's facts. Wow. And I think that you just stated some of the main things that you have to do and or be in a relationship per se. One of the things that you mentioned that I jotted down here was connecting with each other and Mm -hmm. learning. Right. So meaning that there is work and duty in relationships or you stay where you are However you were, mm-hmm. and that's just it. Absolutely. So for, if we take our relationship, for example, a lot of students that you met during the time of me being a student, you you may not be as close with them how we are. Exactly. Mm. Mm-hmm. Come on, teacher. And that goes into, I believe it's important for us to select our relationships. Like, you don't just fall into, oh, this is my friend. This is my boyfriend. This is my, like, no, you need to be selective of who you allow in your sphere of life and who you relate with because it takes work. And if you're working and that other person isn't, or that person is working and you aren't, that's where we get these destructive relationships and we get stress and pain and gossip and all of that stuff in our lives. Yes, and might I add, that even if you think you are not selecting or did not select the relationship that you may be in, Come unconsciously, on. you did. Yep. Ooh. And let me, way that goes, you, you chose let me that. Tell you. Yes. I actually just had that, that revelation. I So I'm going to just be straight up blunt and I'm going to say it. So, mm-hmm. of course, I was raised in the nation of Islam. We don't drink. We don't party. We don't have sex outside of marriage. We don't do that stuff. But when I went to college, I started experimenting with drinking. And when I I literally thought about, I've, I've had in my lifetime experiences where I would stop drinking, trying to get on my Dean, trying to get back to what I know is me. And I would fall back into drinking again. 
And I thought, and I told Matt this, my husband, I said, yo, I thought about, you know, after when I was in Baltimore, I stopped drinking. I was going to the mosque. I was doing great. And then when I started flight attendant, that's not when I started drinking. I was meeting new people and I did my whole training. They were partying. I would go out with them, but I wouldn't drink. I would be that safe one. People knew me as that. But when I went to a party after flight attendant with one of my college friends, I took a drink there. And what you just said about being selective, even though we're unconscious about what we're selecting, I had that realization that, wow, that is a relationship I created with her. So whenever I'm around her, I go back into that that mindset. Yo, (laughs) that is real because look at this. And this is not on the same level per se, but I've also realized that so look at this. While I'm here in Texas right now, mind you, if you, Tia, you know, whenever you move to a new place, regardless mm-hmm. of where it might be, mm-hmm. you you are able to be mm-hmm. whoever you want to be because nobody knows you, right? Absolutely. And so here in Dallas, people know me as the braid producer. Like, I'm strictly business here. Like, it ain't no yeah. whole, I don't have a whole bunch of friends that or people that know me personally, things of that nature, besides my husband and then some members at the mosque, right? Mm. But, um, but, um, uh, <laughs> why am I like this? But, but, saying that to say, now look at this. They some sometimes people say like, oh Brianna, you don't really have a Baltimore accent, and even me just saying Baltimore like that, like I yeah, right. Yell at me for that. Let me get on the phone with my aunt, or let me get on Mm. the phone with my mother, or let me get on the phone with my sister. It's Mm. Baltimore. I'm talking Mm. just like them. That's wild. Yeah, and I'm not like going out of my way to do that but because of the relationship like i don't know my wheels must be turning in the back or something because because of my relationship mm. with them and how they know me mm. now to me, i have to be that way i have to do the things in which i did or brianna you switched up now i'm not saying mm. that they've ever none of them have ever said this to me right because like even my grandparents have told me like girl you sound country right mm. so they didn't say this to me but in my interconnectedness in knowing them it mm. seems like what i have to do or be mm. but like what you just sharing what you said in terms of being around college friends now look at this this is psychology because dang yo oh my goodness this is literally psychology because there's a thing that you learn in Dianetics, right? Mm-hmm. Where there are stimulus or stimuli in your environment that mm-hmm. might cause you to react or be or do or say certain things um, or trigger you and not necessarily trigger you like, oh, this hurt, but mm-hmm. trigger you it brings something out of you that was in you during that time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so yes. That's crazy. <laughs> and that actually reminds me of during the swan song and in other lectures, the minister talks about how Allah will leave you, God will leave you wandering in your iniquity. 
iniquity blindly wandering on mm. and that's it's it's funny how that scripture is literally equated to psychology and our personal experience in relationships how when we decide that we're gonna go you know do something we know we're not supposed to do now we can't even have a regular relationship with those people we involved in our iniquity and if we do then we're gonna continue in our iniquity <laughs> and they become that stimuli in our environment to then make us be become less than who we are and less yeah. than what we should be and yeah. then that causes a bad relationship with them and we're and fighting with them we don't like them we don't even know why and it's really because of our own bad behavior yep it's a reflection of us yes it's a reflection of us and i'm glad that you said earlier like you you have to be selective in your relationships because where I'm at in my life now, you know, I'm coming into my own self in terms of who I am as a young woman, who I am as a wife, who am, who am I as a daughter, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not looking through the lenses of being a child and not mm -hmm. being able to control situations or do things for myself. I'm coming from a perspective now where I am in full control of my life, right? Absolutely. I don't have nobody telling me what I can, cannot do, etc. Like, you know, besides the restrictive laws of Islam. But mm -hmm. outside of that, it's really like Allah gave, Allah God gave us our free will, right? So saying that to say, when it comes to selecting, like me being in that new perspective now, I don't even really know, right? And mm. I'm in a whole different state and city. I don't even know how it feels or what it looks like to go out here and get a friend in, mm. in my new space that I'm in. Like the only mm. connecting I know how to do is that which I did in Baltimore, which was yes. party and bullshit, okay? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yes. it was very low level outside of the mines. It was mm -hmm. not like high level type of stuff like mm. so i don't know how to connect now being in the space that i am and knowing like this is me like i don't have to put on an act i don't have to try to you know what i'm saying like i don't know how to connect now i was talking to a sister recently and she was telling me um how she wanted to hang out and things of this nature girl i feel like i put her through an interview i was <laughs> asking her questions like hey so like what it what are some of the things that you like to do do you have a favorite food is there a certain activity yeah. you like to go and do like how are you and i said i'm just asking i said i don't really mean to put you through an interview but i'm asking because <laughs> i need to know if we align basically mm -hmm. like because i don't want to be hanging out with a person just to be saying i'm hanging out or i'm having fun or i'm doing an activity because i don't really care too much about things like that i want to yeah. make sure that we're going to be hanging out or if we're going to be doing something together that it's that and it's, it's good for both of us, not just me. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Or not just for you and not me. Like, I don't, I ain't trying to be imbalanced in a, in a relationship regardless, you know? Yeah. So I felt like I was putting her through an interview, but I'm like, I feel like at this point, I got to ask these questions because I don't know who I'm dealing with. And yeah. I don't really do a lot of small talk. So I want to be an intentional in relationships that are newly built in the place that I am in my life like I like that you just taught me something because mm -hmm. a lot of times um especially our age when we get married or and having babies like we feel left out because our old friends may not be in that place and we don't really connect with them a lot of times we may break up relationships but it's not 
it's not a bad thing all the time with what yeah. you just said. You have to honor who you are in the space you are at the moment. So if your friend is single, partying, doing things that you used to do, they're not going to be that person that you can hang out with anymore. And that's better for you and them because you don't want to take away what they have to go through. And you definitely don't want them to take away what you have to go through now in your new roles. And right. that's is people get into like depression, especially with COVID because yes. they can't hang out with their friends or they can't yes. connect the way they used to. And yes. it's like, sometimes you just have to pause and reflect on where you are, what you actually want like I, I really wholeheartedly stand on you need to determine what you want out of every single one of your relationships. Period. Period. That's it. I mean, that's it's not about it. them. It's you. <laughs> yes. Yes. And this is funny because a lot of conversations now are being had around people pleasing, being oh. passive aggressive, being mm -hmm. aggressive and things of these natures and guess what it comes from the minister has a lecture on this the problems oh, yeah. in relationships mm, writing it down right and when you are intentional or trying to be selective or being mindful of the, the relationships that you have you start to wonder just like you just said some people during this pandemic have, have been getting depressed because they can't hang out with their friends are you codependent do you not mm. know how to be by yourself so although we can look at it like, man, I can't be around people. And we do need people. Mm -hmm. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we don't need people. We do need people. But be mindful of where that's stemming from is the important mm. part. Right? Because mm. you can need people and know how to be alone. Absolutely. Yep. That's even, I think back to when quarantine started and what we did on Zoom. We weren't together. We decided to get on Zoom and we went into that course of study. You know what I mean? So we weren't wallowing in that, uh, you know, me, I was traveling all over. I was meeting new people every day. I didn't wallow in the fact that I literally was living opposite of what I was used to, but mm -hmm. went into a course of study that allowed us to go deep within ourselves and like, where are we right now? Oh, I'm liking this. I'm learning something new about myself. Maybe I, this will spark this project. This could spark something new. You know, mm -hmm. I have a whole husband and baby now after that. So it's um, definitely critical, like when you having those moments of codependency, I like that word that you brought up, um, mm -hmm. because I think we all have issues with codependency and that's yeah. just coming from childhood. Like we're, de we're dependent people as children. And I think as we grow, we learn to be more independent, but then we have to go back and become a child again and learn to depend on people who grow us and depend yeah. on the most high Allah God as well because that's who we can only rely on for sure yeah. <laughs> even with the codependent thing um it's really about attachment like how do you some people I can say for myself I know how to detach I know mm. how to go away but it's not in a healthy way it's more mm. of a I'm not in a safe place I have to care for myself let me get away from you or if i feel mm -hmm. like i'm not getting what i need let me get away from you whereas mm -hmm. some people feel the exact opposite i'm supposed to be around you all the time in order to feel love in order to feel wanted in order to feel needed etc etc you know what i'm saying um yeah. so with the codependent thing it i mean look at our relationships look mm -hmm. at our relationships 
<laughs> crazy crazy stuff it is i think this is a good place i looked up you know me so i looked up the definition of relationship mm-hmm. and i got from miriam webster i got four different definitions and one really stuck out so mm-hmm. they gave the basic the state of being related the relation connecting or binding participants um, in kinship or another type of relationship. And this was really important to me, a state of affairs existing between those having relations slash dealings. And lastly was a romantic or passionate attachment. Um, But I wanna highlight that a state of affairs existing between those having relations and dealings. That stuck out to me because it's it's what we're talking about. We have, I think a lot of times we love to just put a title on who somebody is to us. That's my sister. That's my brother. That's my best friend. That's uh, my boyfriend. That's my girlfriend. You can't ev- evaluate a relationship in my perspective based on the title that you give to it. It's about the state of affairs that you are having with that person is through action and evaluation of that action, reflection, and like we already discussed, growing with that person. How is that person your best friend and all you do is go party with them? You are you are a nurse and you study be, and she don't have nothing to do with that. Party bud. Exactly, <laughs> she is your best party bud. <laughs> right? But what? That's your best connect like to the clubs. That That's it. That's not right? your best friend. Like that, but that definition got me because if people understood that it's the state of affairs, even, you know, people love, that's my man. That's not your man. You haven't met his family. You don't know nothing. You don't have a ring. You don't have a contract. That's not, that's not yours. (laughs) That's not. (laughs) And I wonder why, I wonder if this is why we as Black people have the saying, I don't know if it's universal or not, but I know for sure we as Black people say it. Blood is not always thicker than, or what is it? Blood isn't thicker than water or whatever. What is the saying? It's, I think we say blood is thicker than water. Blood is thicker than water? Yeah. Or, or Okay, even if that is the saying, my point is a lot of times now, we as young adults, young people, we associate more with people outside of our families than we do our own families. Meaning mm-hmm. that the state of our affairs with people outside of our family be stronger than it is with the people that's in our family. And and look at it. The people in our family have titles. We talking aunt, yep. sister, brother, cousin, uncle, mother, father, etc. Whereas the people outside of our family, we might just refer to them as friends. Yep. Right. And it might be mm-hmm. more than a friend because look at the state of your state of affairs in the relationship. That might really be like your aunt, or that yep. might really be like your sister or your brother, or whatever the case. Yep. Um, I think there's some confusion, I think, for us as people, um, in in understanding that term of relationships. Mm-hmm. Like knowing the definition. Absolutely. So I'm glad that you brought that definition up because it made me think about that example, like how sometimes we as people relate to others outside of our families. And it's also now that I'm thinking, made me think about social media and how a lot of communities and relationships are being curated strictly through there yeah. um, or created strictly through there based upon 
you know, the state of affairs that that the person might be developing in their community. Yeah, that's real. That made me what you were saying. Think about how our generation is so hell bent on um, breaking general. Uh, generational curses I would say heaven bent that's not hell bent but we're, uh-huh. we're breaking generational curses and I think that that saying that used to be blood is thicker than water that's being explored a lot more now in mm-hmm. our generation to where we will call out when a family member has not been a family you know wow. has not been kin to you and mm-hmm. we are not afraid to step out of our boundaries of yeah. this is your family, which previous generations have been afraid to do. Yes. Um, even uh, conversations I'm having with Matt's grandma, she's talking about how relationships nowadays are very different and she mm-hmm. likes it, but it's different from what she grew up on. Mm-hmm. And nowadays we're not afraid to step out of those boundaries just because you might, my, my mom, my father, uncle, sister, cousin, if you do me wrong, that's still wrong. And I don't have to stick with you in your wrong. I don't have to yeah. do that. That doesn't yeah. work. You better yeah. respect me. <laughs> like yeah. This is so true. And this is so true. Um, because, you know, what, what you just said, a lot of us, we just aren't taking the abuse, neither mm-hmm. emotional, physically, mentally, nothing like um, I know a theme over the pandemic was people weren't even showing up to family gatherings. Like mm-hmm. they like, I realized, and this even for me in my family, like I don't even know when I stopped going to family gatherings. I can't lie. Like I just yeah. don't know. Like, Cause you know, you get older and you start to see people for who they are. And it's like, mm, I don't really want to be around that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to hear no gossiping. I don't want to hear no backbiting. I don't want to hear, like y'all ain't got nothing good going on. And the food is death. Like, I don't want to be around y'all. Not I the don't. food is death. <laughs> Um, And so like a theme that was a huge theme around the pandemic, like given that there was or is a pandemic um, and and, you know, you don't want to be with a big party or whatever the case, um, you know, but still uh, aside from that, people were just like, nah, like, I don't like how Mm. you treat me on this date and month. Like, I ain't trying to be around you. Like, and it don't matter. Like, you my aunt, you my cousin, brother, etc. But I don't care, you know? So I do, I I love that. I love that for sure. And it's a challenge to the older generations. Get y'all shit together. Period. Get it together. Get y'all stuff together. When I say from 2020 till now, I have mm-hmm. learned so much about my family in terms of the older people and their background and why the things like why my family is the way that it is now. The mm-hmm. things that I am learning, I'm like, I'm just bewildered. Like, I'm like, is this for real? Like, is this mm-hmm. true? I mean, it makes sense. But at the same time, how are y'all keeping this hidden? How are mm. y'all keeping this a secret and expecting the young? I was just talking to my aunt about this. How are y'all keeping these things? Let me write this down. Hidden and secrets, yeah. because this is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how are y'all keeping the, this information hidden and a secret and then expecting the younger generations and those after you to do so much better when they don't even know what they fighting? What are they up mm. against? And I'm not talking about no physical fight or up against. I'm talking about spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. Cellularly. Mm-hmm. What are we fighting? Yeah. Right? Because yeah. although we like the things like, oh, she her own person. He can make his own decisions. Da, 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 da. He got, he and she 
they got a subconscious mind and yep. cellular DNA that came from y'all. Yep. Literally. Right? Everything is recorded. Everything. So. <laughs> Go ahead, Bree. Woo. Now that's Please. real. The more it, I learn about my mom, the more I learn about her. And she did. She you, She's great. I don't want her to think, you know, I'm attacking her. But the more I learn about her, I'm like, yo, why didn't you tell me this before? That could have brought so much clarity to what I've been going through. That could bring so much clarity to my relationships. What? Girl. Even when I think back on things, my mom used to tell me all the time, you don't have no friends. Mm. <laughs> you have family. Your family. Mm -hmm. Like, that's her stuff. That's what she experienced. Yeah. That's not what I needed, you know? And look at you. You got all the friends in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and I still, I'm not even saying I'm healed from that. Like, I still don't right. trust people in general. And that's yeah. not just from her. That's my father, too. Another story. But yes. that it's like, I don't trust people. And I have to work through that now. But it's because of the pain that my mom went through and the whatever my father went through. I don't know. But... Yeah. It's, it's crazy because you're it's giving this to real. your children and you you can't just cover it up and, you know, let me dig that, put a put it in a Try hole. Try not to think no. about it. Yeah, because also God and life has a way of showing you what your issue is because it will, the rain will come and it'll, it'll uncover what you tried to bury and it'll yeah. uncover in your children. And then yeah. you'll be fighting your child and being mad at what they're doing. And guess what? That's your stuff. Yeah, you <laughs> you yes this is mm -hmm. real life and i'm gonna share something with you to show you like how real this stuff is i was reading a book called it didn't start with you by mark walholm i think his name mm. is but um he shared many instances of things that like how we're talking about now that came down from generations to us or mm -hmm. you know young adults whatever y'all i have to be very transparent because this was the scariest thing i have experienced but when I was, I'm 23 now, but when I was 21, look mm -hmm. at this. When I was 21, I kept having these fears of pregnancy, right? Mm -hmm. Like my baby is going to die. I, I was mm -hmm. getting, now mind you, I've never, I've never had a birth scare in terms of getting pregnant and being shocked or like none of that. Never had it in my life. Mm -hmm. Guess who did? My mother at 21 mm -hmm. when she had me. Are you serious? At 21? Yes. Yo, Bree. Yes. At 21, when my mother had me, she were she was thinking those thoughts. And I won't share here because I've never explained or talked to her about that, but it's information that I learned. So I won't mm. explain it here um, to kind of put her on blast. But yeah. but it was her thoughts. It was not me. And I, for the life wild. of me, I could not understand why in the hell am I so scared to have a baby? Mm. Like literally dead ass, I had cramps. Like I was going through it. Like my mind, my dream, everything mm. was telling me like, this baby is gonna die or I can't have a baby or I don't want this baby. Things in that nature mm. was like for me as Brianna, I was going through that. As if you were your mom as back if then. For me, yes. Yo. That's and that's not, that's, physical... that was not my experience. It was not mine to hold on to. It wasn't, it had nothing to, like, not necessarily it didn't have anything to do with me, but it was not my experience. 
Mm. Like if I if when I did take a look at my own reality, I'm like, me and my husband about not about to have no baby. Like I ain't had no, I ain't had to go take no pregnancy test. Like yeah. I'm not pregnant. Like yeah. and I've never even before my husband had a scare like that. So I'm mm. like, why the hell? Like you know what's going on? Mm-hmm. So it, it's real. It's real. Yo, and that brings up the power of the woman as well, because Mm -hmm. we carry those things in our wombs. Like the fact that it was a pregnancy scare, like we carry that in our wombs. And the minister talks about and how to give birth to a God lecture. He speaks about what we think Mm -hmm. goes directly into the baby. So what your mom was thinking literally went into your DNA to where it's physically getting you at 21. That's insane. I mean, that's, that's, that's wild that you experienced that. Yo. It was the scariest time of my life. Cause I could, for the life of me, I could not hear, I could not understand why in the hell would I breathe on? Like, why am I afraid? Like literally I, I had anxiety. I was shaking. Like I was scared. Like somebody breathe. was like, kill me type of scared like i am dead as not playing but how i understood this especially if the viewing or listening audience is wondering because this is probably interesting but (laughs) um but if they are wondering i took a um uh, not a clarity session um sister naira and you can find her on any platform by the name of sister naira and that's sister spelled regularly n-a-y-y-i-r-a-h sister naira she has these sessions that she was doing at the time where she really speak your whole life okay Mm. you don't give her no information in terms of like what's going on with you but and she ain't no clairvoyant and all that stuff she don't go by that she not that type um, mm. Very genuine sister. I love her. Still talk to her to this day. Now, mind mm. you, that was in 2020, I think. 2020, 2021. But, like, during the pandemic, for sure. Like, while mm. we were shut down type of thing. Okay. Um, um, But I forgot what her session is called. I forgot. It's been a while. But in that session is where I learned it and where she also offered me, or not offered me, but provided me with that book that I was saying. Um, mm. It didn't start with you. Mm. that's where I got that book from and in that book the author shared an experience this is how it all came about the author oh along Alon knows best because during that same time I was learning things about my family that I had never known and one of the Mm. things was my birth situation and Mm. what happened to me or you know what was going on between my parents etc while I was being born so Mm -hmm. this, this is how it all came about but um in the book the author shares a story about this young guy i think he was 19 years old he could he developed sleep apnea and mm-hmm. that's where you, know, you can't sleep or whatever the case and he could not understand for the life of him why can't i sleep why am i fearing going to sleep like why do i feel like if i go to sleep i'm going to die like something is going to happen right he couldn't mm-hmm. understand it so he goes and see his therapist i don't know if he goes by the title therapist but he goes to see him and you know they start going down like the line of things that may have happened in his family to him or his mom his parents etc right and come to find out he had an uncle his his mom's brother uh-huh he had an uncle mom's who brother was in like a hurricane or some sort of flood mm. and the uncle 
climbed onto like a telephone line or a power line or something of that nature. And he kept on saying, mind you, it was cold, raining, like not a good situation. And yeah. the uncle kept on saying like, if I fall, if I go to sleep, or no, he said, if I go to sleep, I'm a mm -hmm. fall and I'm a die. Mm. Now, mind you, this is not the young guy's present today, 19 year old. This is not his experience. Uh, but he developed sleep apnea, apnea over the situation. We got to ask going through things. Where did this come from? Especially mm. when you know and feel. And if you think rationally, we were talking about reasoning before we started recording. But yeah. when you think rationally and you look at your your environment, you like, none of the signs point to something that I would be going through this right now. Where is this mm. coming from? We have yeah. to ask ourselves that. So like I was saying in that book, he found out that's how he developed sleep apnea. And then after he found out it stopped, he was mm. able to go to sleep. His mind was, he had a contentment of mind. Yo, that's why it's so important to heal. This is Son. why it's important for us to know our history that too yeah that's yo the things that are coming up when you were telling your stories both yours and that that man's is number one being honest like we need to learn how to just tell the truth Period. like we hide things so much just because we want to be perceived a certain way or we don't want to disappoint somebody just tell the truth you will Period. help someone by telling the truth you will relieve so much stress, yo. I'm glad my mom always taught me a lie hates a liar. <laughs> and she taught me what a lie is. When you withhold information, that's a lie. When you oh tell so okay? When you withhold that information, that is a lie. People love to say, I didn't lie. Yes, you did. Yep, you withheld information knowingly. Yep, exactly. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that hiding the truth causes loss of life, loss of property, loss of friendship, etc. There's a whole list of things that mm -hmm. life does. Okay? Yes. It's real because when you see these situations out here in our lives or in the real world where we live, mm -hmm. you be like, how did this happen? It always seemed like a piece of information is missing. Yes. When are not right or something is off and we know biologically, like we got that intuition, like, yo, something ain't right. Yeah. It ain't because we think something ain't right or we done made up something in our minds. No, information is missing and you don't have the whole story. Absolutely. AKA somebody lied. Yep. And, and, and lies and as kill. black people <laughs> 400 plus years, we've been lied to. Okay. Hence our condition <laughs> and what we're coming out of. Shoot. Mm. And also, too, speaking of like, remember I said earlier, I would note down hidden and secret. Yeah. It's the same thing with um like the things that I've been learning about my family. I, mm. I still for the life of me don't understand. And you know, this is where I, I feel that we are confused in raising our children. And I know it comes from slavery, mm -hmm. uh, where we feel like we and we say this, let that child be a child. Let that but what you're really saying is I I think that this little person, this little human is incapable of understanding this truth. Therefore, mm -hmm. I won't tell them or, mm -hmm. and or I'm going to lie to make it seem like it's something that is not to protect this incapable person's mind. That mm -hmm. is not true. 
the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that Allah God created our minds to think right. Yeah. So if you feed a child with truth, guess what's gonna happen? He gonna keep on living, he or she gonna keep on living that truly livelihood that's so true to the point that it's just true. Absolutely. Not, he ain't gonna he ain't gonna go off and I mean he could because life is life and we have free will, but at mm -hmm. the same time, you always know to go back. And this is yes. like a full time moment because of what you started with this morning, like saying, you know, about the drinking and things of that nature. Like yes. you knew what was right, you knew what was true, and you wouldn't have known what was right or what was true had your parents not taught you. Absolutely. Yeah. Or your or you know whatever had not taught you that from the beginning mm -hmm. not after the fact because yep. then you would have an excuse to say like oh i know yeah meanwhile children um parents today let that child be a child let them party and drink. no you tell them it's right to party and drink that's going to be their lifestyle forever yeah. because there was never a seat what we we don't understand that what we say every single one of us parents or not what we say to people is a seed and that seed always grows when it is watered and life yeah. will water that seed. <laughs> so if you want truth, if you want somebody to be righteous or to live a positive life, you need to sow those seeds of positivity, truth and righteousness. Yes. And no matter what that person goes through, I came right back to my righteousness because that's what was implanted in me. Yeah. And it, it's continual. I've had other seeds planted in me too throughout, not just from my mother, like yeah. it's it's crazy and i've had seeds of of mistrust i've had seeds of abandonment planted by yeah. my father like yeah. and all of that is going to come into that person's life and you just yeah. have to the like me i've had to be honest with myself i've had to be honest with my mom with my friends with you um mm -hmm. especially now with my husband and yeah. that's a process that we're always going to have in life but you can't hide what you are feeling like grandma just told me that yesterday she said don't hide be honest be honest all the time be open <laughs> this makes me think about imposter syndrome mm. say that because i have it <laughs> a thing that has been going around and i kind of question myself like do i have that but certain stuff i don't be trying to subscribe to me because baby if i don't feel like that's me it ain't me okay Facts. But, but nonetheless, I mean, it is a recurrent theme that I have seen, but it's making me think that now, because let's look at this. If you are a child who has grown up believing in falsehood or lies or lies and not to your knowledge, but just in general, mm. right? And then you come out into the world and you have your own experiences. You are still, girl, I need to be a psychologist. Look. What am I doing out here? Look. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but um, you know, you you go out here and you have an entire life that you're living, and it's based off of whatever you learn, just like you were saying, like you had that root, that base. Mm -hmm. But you also, just like you said, have those good seeds that you might have had planted, as well as those bad seeds. So mm -hmm. is that where we getting imposter syndrome from we not knowing which way to go based upon the root that we have i don't think so okay i don't think so when i think imposter syndrome because i know i suffer from that and it's mm -hmm. continual mm -hmm. in my perspective imposter syndrome is fear of failure 
I think is very connected to that. So it's the fear. I've never had somebody, well, oh, you know what? I have had seeds planted um, by my mom that I can't do something. something and I don't mean to cut you off, but <laughs> I was ahead. taught every negative thought is a thought that somebody else gave to you. Every positive mm-hmm. thought is your own. Oh, my really? Justin, Go Justin. into that. And that's kind of like a Dianetic, like, um, I got it from Sister okay. Nair. told me that okay. Just because you know the things that we think bad about ourselves, somebody told us that you don't mm. grow up and you don't grow up as a child. Like Journey, Journey is she's not right. able to talk necessarily create you you know whole full sentences to be talking like having a conversation. But she's yeah. not when she does. If y'all as has her parents have been t- Journey, you ugly. Journey, you mm. you fearful. Journey, why are you so scared? Journey, yeah. why are you die? She's not going to think that of herself. It's mm. no different than affirmations. Remember, you used to try to get me on affirmation. I'm like, no, I don't believe none of that. Like, yeah. I just feel it. You know what I'm saying? And it's, th- those are not mm. our thoughts. Those mm. are not our thoughts. All that I'm glad you said that. Et cetera, et cetera. That's, those are not our thoughts. Somebody instilled that into us. We didn't see messages. You know, marketing in all these different like when they say that you know you watch a tv and you getting brainwashed blah 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 those mm. aren't our thoughts they're not you're they're right being injected into our subconscious they're being injected into what we think on a daily basis it's just like the social media thing mm. people are out here sad depressed anxiety feel etc based off of a lives that they see on instagram social media etc that are not true for the most part Mm. Mm. but but and you know especially as young people i'm gonna just take a little example young people thinking that you're supposed to have everything all figured out mm-hmm. right meaning you know the steps that you're going you know the places that you're going you're supposed to have this much money by this time because this person says so da, 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 da. those aren't even your thoughts because baby if you would have known that for yourself you would already been there facts. you would already had it facts Mm. So, yes. Ooh, thank you. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm gonna <laughs> right? self-correct right now and say yes. <laughs> you know Those what I'm negative saying? thoughts. And it's funny you brought up affirmations and what I say to Journey because I actually, in my mind, I never spoke it aloud. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very determined and she's very mm-hmm. strong and she's very energetic and she likes all day, every day. She's moving. She's doing something. Mm-hmm. And you know, for us, that can be annoying because she's touching everything on the desk. She's knocking it down. She literally puts everything in her mouth and that could be dangerous. And I had the thought the other day, I'm like, don't kill that. Like, don't kill that energy. Don't kill that strength. And it, it kind of, we make fun of white parents and what they do and how they will let their child do anything. But those children grow up to be Jeff Bezos. <laughs> they grow up to be Elon Musk the people who went into space business people they're not they're not in nasa and they went into space but it's because white people aren't taught and it's a survival thing probably also in post-traumatic slave syndrome we were talking about before recording we had in the past we had to stop our children from doing things because it literally could kill them it literally could get our young girls raped if they went out of bounds in being a natural God, like we are naturally God and breaking generational curses. We now as parents have to learn 
how to not kill the God within our children while keeping them, you know, cultivating them in a in a righteous way so that they know not to break certain godly boundaries, not our boundaries, godly boundaries. And it's okay for me to get annoyed, but that means I need to pay more attention to my child. If I directed that energy, guess what? I'm not going to be annoyed. Period. What's up, everyone? I'm back. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. That was just part one. Don't forget, I have other parts. Check them out on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening. Before you click out, do not forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast episode. Peace.